It's time for JT the Brick. Welcome in to our brand new coverage. We need to come in hardcore. Raiders got a bunch of guys. Back in the old days, they had legends. He gets the Raiders. He understands the Raiders. He's going to be a great Raider. Well, show it to me. No penalties. The only holes that I see on this team are linebackers. There's going to be some moments this year that are going to be top sledding. Okay, one of them could be now. I got it all for you. Keep it PG. No, never happened. I'd like to get this show going the way I know how to get the show going. Our standard is high. We coming. It's time to fire this thing up. What the hell are you listening to? Who are you getting this garbage from? JT the Brick. Hey, look at me. I'm the needy radio guy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. We are ready to rock. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Are you with me? One guy kind of throws the fuel into the fire. So sound off like you got up here and get going. Use the phone like a weapon. We need to leave a wake of destruction. That's all I had this week for you. And now, Raider Nation Unite! Here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the show brought to you by Tequila Commissario, the award-winning gold medal platinum-winning tequila. It's fabulous. It's fantastic. You can find it everywhere, especially some of the greatest casinos up and down the Las Vegas Strip. Kirk Morrison, former linebacker. He does a lot of work with the Rams. On their broadcast team, love the guy, and we'll have him on here in a little bit. Also, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He joins us every other Tuesday live here on the show. Breaking news, the Eagles signed veteran wide receiver Julio Jones, one of the best receivers in football the last 20 years. He was waiting out. He was waiting out. He will initially sign with the practice squad, and then the Eagles tend to promote him to the 53. He last played in 2002. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he remained a free agent throughout the first six weeks of the season. There's a guy we haven't heard anything about. Jones joins an Eagles team featuring all-pro A.J. Brown and emerging third-year receiver Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith. That's some pretty good production there. Julio's a great player. We know that. No doubt he's an elite player, but he's way past his prime. And they're just going to see if they can get him in there to have another weapon as their goal is only to win the Super Bowl. Only to win the Super Bowl, as they got a lot of business to take care of there, and the Eagles just came off the loss against the Jets. Reports were that Howie Roseman's been looking to add power to that team for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill has high ankle sprain, expected to avoid the surgery, but it could be a couple of weeks. And Jim Irsay said that the Colts rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, probably done for the season also trevor lawrence is dealing with the knee sprain ahead of the thursday night game against the saints and jimmy garoppolo our guy is hurt here at some level he's injured it could be the back uh, when he was hit on something internally got him checked out at the hospital and we're just gonna have to wait and hear what the raiders say tomorrow i would assume when the next time josh mcdaniel speaks coach doesn't give us much with that and that's okay you never hear me be critical of the coach not telling the media and everybody else, the status of a player who's injured or not. I, I can tell you probably what he's going to say already. We're still evaluating him. But we hope that he is able to turn it around and get going again. We had Gary Lawless on of the Golden Knights. They're undefeated out of the break. Uh, they're playing really well. We're excited about that. And the Aces, the Las Vegas Aces, are going to be without a couple of starters as they try to close out and win the championship tomorrow. A game four in New York against the Liberty. They had him down and looked to be out. And now the Liberty is showing a lot of heart here. Raiders just tweeted out Raiders Roundtable. like you to listen to our show, but put it on your deck. And then tonight at 6 o'clock uh, Pacific time, I'll do a YouTube live. I really love the format. I brought Modelo to it. Modelo's our proud partner here. 
and they wanted to get behind my podcast, and they wanted to get behind the YouTube Live. So we're going to do that at 6 o'clock. My son's with me for that, and I just do about a 40, 45-minute rant. No commercials. We'll just go through everything. Uh, Vegas has the Raiders as a three-point favorite on the road in Chicago. Line opened up, Vegas minus one. Now it's minus three. It's a very small total. Listen to this, everybody, because the quarterbacks are hurt. The total opened up at 46.5. It's down to 37.5. God, I would take out your 401K and bet the over. I can't predict Raiders wins or losses, nor would I, but I love the over in that game. The total on that game is 37.5. Man, that's a low total there. The quarterback for Chicago looks to be Tyson Bagent, who's thrown the most touchdowns in the history of college football, even though he played Division II. Also, there's a big trending topic today about a female Charger fan who was losing her mind at the game. The ESPN kept putting the camera on her as she was acting the fool, shaking up and down, jumping up and down. People are trying to find out if she was a paid in a paid person put in there to show that the Chargers have fans. Look, I don't give the Chargers a lot of credit for their fandom. I don't. But I don't think that they had a mole there. I don't think that they hired a mole to be there. But, man, that lady is getting a lot of retweets, and everybody's talking about her there. Everybody's going crazy. I had someone on Twitter ask me if Devontae's happy. I don't know. Devontae doesn't invite me to dinner. I'm not personal friends with him. I think he's my favorite player on the Raiders other than Max Crosby. I think Devontae's happy. Uh, Is he concerned that that his targets are down? I don't know. He might be more concerned when he hits a ball, you know, short of the green at Shadow Creek. I wouldn't know that either. But I think we got to get Devontae the ball a little bit more, especially if we have a backup quarterback playing in Chicago. And I think it's safe to do from here on out, from today all the way to Thursday, who would you like to see quarterback play quarterback if Jimmy G can't go? We're at that point now. It's the off date today. Uh, we only got about 40 minutes left in the show if you take away the guests. If you want to call in and wave the flag for Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer, I would do it now. I'd go with Hoyer. I think his experience could be the key in winning a very ugly, close game. Now, if I thought Hoyer could go in there and beat the Bears by 21, I'd say that, or the same about Aiden O'Connell, but I don't think they're playing good enough, the Raiders on offense, to scare anybody and put the game away. And they might be committed to the run heavily in this game. So there's a lot going on in the Raider Nation. How do you all feel about 3-3? Three and three? How does everybody feel about 3-3? Three and three? No cause for celebration, but I think cause to take a big, uh, deep breath and be happy about the fact that the Raiders are right there in the middle of the hunt throughout the entire NFL. The number 702-365-9200. Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show earlier today. He's getting weird. He is getting weird, and the Jets are getting better. And Showtime Sports today announced that they'll no longer have boxing. That hurt because I was an HBO boxing guy. Then Showtime came in, and I've been doing this for 27 years, and Showtime's been around for 37. They've treated me great. I mean, I'm talking about getting credentials for fights talking about getting uh, boxers on the radio, uh, having the opportunity to go to events with Showtime Boxing. A big topic for my national show is what happened to the sport of boxing. HBO out of the business of boxing, more or less, and now Showtime is walking away too. That hurts. I love boxing. I don't watch this Jake Paul, Logan Paul crap, garbage crap. 
these YouTube fighters. My kids do. It's entertaining. You know, they, they watch it. I get it. But for me, I like to see the great fighters in the prime of their career. I think boxing is arguably the most important sport in American history. Also, thoroughbred horse racing, going back to all the great legendary thoroughbreds, right? People used to take horse and buggy before cars. they take a horse and buggy for two to three days to watch a boxing match in this country or a horse race. No times have changed, but they're two sports that have been around forever. And I'm just worried about the sport of boxing now that showtime is gone. Ira in Tennessee on the Raider flagship. Go ahead, Ira. Ira, thanks for calling. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you again, JT, for taking my phone call. Mm -hmm. I think we start Hoyer, and if Hoyer is struggling, we bring in uh, Aiden O'Connell for a while, kind of like in baseball when you Mm -hmm. bring in the, uh, you know, you got a guy going, you know, two, three innings, and if he starts to struggle, bring him out and bring in the rookie. I agree with you 100%. Just having a sip of water. I agree with you 100%. You start Hoyer if Jimmy G can't go. And then all of a sudden, if Hoyer's not in a rhythm, I hope he doesn't throw a pick, put the ball on the ground. And if you got to come back, you need a spark. That's when you bring in Aiden O'Connell. I agree with you 100%. And, you know, and hopefully Jimmy G is good to go. But I, I think that's the plan. It's, it's, I know it's football, but you could, you could uh, run the show like baseball, bring in your, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the guy that's struggling and go from there. Yeah, thanks for the call, Ira. Good to hear from you. Whoever plays, we're going to get behind. We're all going to get behind them. I know the Black Hole has their big viewing party, and everybody else in town, all these casinos are packed with Raider fans wanting to watch the road games. I'll be broadcasting the road game in Chicago this week, doing the pregame from the booth. Whoever's out there, whoever's out there, we're going to get behind the guy. And they're all pretty talented. Brian Hoyer got paid a lot of money to be the backup for Jimmy G because the Raiders knew they were bringing in a quarterback who gets hurt in the past. That was all right. I'm surprised that Jimmy G, and and people aren't going to understand this. I hope you don't take this out of content. I didn't think Jimmy G would be hurt the way he was hurt this year. It's total fluke city. An internal injury from getting hit that no one seems to know what the hit was or, you know, we know the hit, but internal injuries, that's a fluke. The guy's been playing quarterback since Pop Warner. Probably one of the only times he has an internal injury or at least wanted to get it checked out. And the other time he got injured, he got concussed. That happens a lot during that. That's a fluke. That doesn't mean Jimmy G isn't in shape. If Jimmy G didn't come to the weight room or work out in the offseason or he was fat and out of shape, then I could hear people saying, man, he's injury prone. He's not injury prone. These are all fluke injuries. They happen. It could happen to anybody. Hopefully Jimmy G can come back. I hope he can come back. All right, let's move on to a good friend of the show, Kirk Morrison, former Raider linebacker. I covered his entire career in Oakland and Buffalo and Jacksonville, and it's been a pleasure to watch his broadcast career when he comes in and out of towns, and he's working on the Rams broadcast in Los Angeles. Kirk, great to talk to you, and uh, with the Rams, let's start off. Cooper Cup is back, catching touchdowns, three and three. They're looking pretty good. Uh, I'm doing good, JT. Always great to be with you. Yeah, Rams back to uh, three and three. Uh, Their three losses are, uh, I think, losses that you can kind of understand to the Cincinnati Bengals, San Francisco 49ers, and Philadelphia Eagles, uh, three pretty good teams, too, that played in the NFC Championship game a year ago, and then the other one played uh, in the AFC Championship. So to be at 3-3 three and three, six weeks into the season, uh, the Rams, I've really felt like they're overachieving at this early stage. 
Also, your former team, the Las Vegas Raiders, are at 3-3. Three and three. Man, it is ugly. I mean ugly on offense in some of these games. But the Raider defense has woken up, led by Mad Max Crosby. You've talked to Max and interviewed him before. And in the past, what is it like when you got a player like that early in the prime of his career who's wreaking havoc? I mean, tell me right now, he's playing at a defensive player of the year type of level. Let's be honest. When Max Crosby is on the field, every – Offense knows they got to figure out where number 98 is, and if they don't, something bad may happen. Look, you talk about a guy who closed out a game by himself is what he did, you know, with that sack in the end zone, the force of safety, but he's playing at a high level, and he's bringing his teammates along with him offensively and defensively because they're playing off of the motor in which he plays with. But we know in this league it's going to be tough. It's never going to be perfect. And uh, to quote Mike Tomlin, you never apologize for winning, no matter how it's done. It may not be the way that people want it to, but at the end of the day, the Raiders sit at 3-3 and after starting off at a, you know, really slow. Kirk Morrison is our guest. So for the NFC West, the division you know well here, covering it as a broadcaster, the Niners losing. What jumped out at you? Because we know how good Miles Garrett is and their defense. But if Deshaun Watson was starting that game, Kirk, I would have probably picked him as an upset win. I think their defense in Cleveland is good, and I, th- I thought Deshaun Watson would be better than who they played, and they still won the game. What does that tell us about the Niners going forward? Never pick a uh, a kicker in the round three of the NFL draft. <laughs> I mean, they, Jake Moody, you, you spent a third-round pick on a kicker. We just haven't seen it work out the way that one Sebastian Janikowski worked out for the Raiders many years ago, and people thought that was you know the late Al Davis. What was he doing? But yet... He was about as consistent as they come, and I cannot think of a kicker that's been drafted who has been just as good as a Sebastian Janikowski was for so long. I bring all of that up because Jake Moody missed not one but two kicks, and the one kick that was needed to win the football game. We could say the 49ers lost, but that kick goes in, and we're saying how resilient the 49ers are are right now, how Brock Purdy was able to move his team into field goal position without a Trent Williams, without – a Debo Samuel without a Christian McCaffrey. They went on the road and they almost pulled it off. So I'm not really on one side looking at the 49ers saying what happened. I'm more saying, hey, they got to get a field goal kicker with Robbie Gold still out there too, by the way, JT, as a free agent. And look, Cleveland, they're playing with their defense right now. Their defense won that football game for them. Kept them in it. You mentioned without Deshaun Watson. Uh, when Watson comes back, we think that they'll be better. But right now, they're playing at a high level, and they have a game breaker or a game wrecker uh, similar to Max Crosby and Miles Garrett. Uh, looking at the Seahawks, also three and two, second in the NFC West. The battle between the Rams and the Seahawks for a wild card there. How does that look? Because they looked amazing against the Giants a couple of weeks ago. Lose to a good Bengals team, but coming up, they have Arizona. Cleveland before they're at Baltimore here I think that race there with Cooper Cup back and Matthew Stafford healthy is going to be fun between those two teams yeah look the Rams already got him in week one so we'll see what the mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks continue to do down the stretch remember they're you know they've been without their tackles for a little bit they had two bookend tackles they drafted last year and Cross and also Abraham Lucas so they've been banged up along the offensive line want to get that running game going again but they lost to you know, the team that could have represented the AFC last year who are now catching uh, their win as the season finally really gets underway for Cincinnati. It always feels like they take the first three or four games like the preseason, and then all of a sudden they turn it on like gangbusters. So uh, another team, Seattle, is going to be right there in it. And when you really start to look at, 
I think the NFC, we really but we put San Francisco and Philadelphia at the top, and rightfully so, because of where they ended last year. But, man, are they the best football team in the NFC? Not the way I look at those guys in Detroit playing right now, the Lions. They look like a complete football team, defensively, offensively, special teams, and they've got a coach that breeds energy, confidence, you know, physicality. And so I, I, I kind of like the way the NFC is starting to shape up a little bit Really top-heavy, but we'll see what happens as we get down to uh, the later parts of the season. Kirk Morrison, former NFL linebacker on multiple platforms, and we appreciate him joining us. i, I got to ask you about officiating. You saw Waller get pulled on twice. Last one, an untimed play in Buffalo. They didn't call it. The Niners were victim to a bad call. It looked like the refs thought it was helmet-to-helmet contact. It wasn't. What is it like when you're there at the level you played at when that happens? And you get back to the huddle and know you got robbed on a play. And maybe it even happened to you personally. And you got to get your head wrapped around what happened and get back in as the refs say, let's play ball and do it again. What's that turnaround like to clear your head and get ready for the next play? Uh, it, it's tough. But that's all you can do is move on to the next play. You can't, uh, let, you can't let it affect the next play because that's usually what happens. You're so caught up and worried about, hey, the missed call or what they didn't do. And now, you know, you give up an even bigger play. And so sometimes you just got to take a look at it and say, you know what? I can't handle or I have to control what I can control, which is how I go out and play every single play. The officials are going to make their calls. Some are going to go for you. Some are going to go against you, JT. It's been that way for a very long time. I've never had I've never had a call that went that went for me. I said no 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 you got it wrong. <laughs> it really went the other way. No, it, it, you're going to get some bad calls. You're going to get some good calls. That's the way it's going to be. But to your point though, to your question, it is difficult. I remember my last later later part of my career playing in the AFC East, and in the AFC East, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm lining up as a middle linebacker on third and 10. I know where Tom Brady was going to go with the football. There's Rob Gronkowski right over the middle of the football, right over, right over the middle, in the middle of the field. I used to just park my and, and set up tent right there at 10 yards and not allow him to get through. And he would absorb contact or initiate contact, and I knocked the ball away, and the official threw the flag. And I said, what happened? Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't, official says, well, you didn't allow him to – uh, catch the football. I said, isn't that my job? I had, I yeah. was already here. He tried to push me off my spot. So look, there's some that, you, that, that go for you. There's some that go against you. I know it's difficult, but you can't let it to uh, affect the next play. Kirk, finally, I wanted to ask you, cause you competed against Belichick many times and Tom Brady. I'm losing my mind because some fans are just right. acting like knuckleheads saying Belichick's done and Belichick, the league is passing by him going, you got it, you crazy. The guy's right there with Vince Lombardi and Shula all time, but now that's some rough sledding. And I don't know how the Patriots are going to change it. I was obviously at the Raider game with the Patriots and the Patriots are awful. Do you think he'll have to relinquish the GM role or you think he'll resign eventually or do you think Mr. Kraft will give him the ability to go get a top quarterback like one or two in the draft, trade up and do everything to save the organization with an elite quarterback in the upcoming years. What's the plan look like to you? Well, I thought they wouldn't got Mac Jones, who was a first round draft pick, right. who you know was vetted by Nick Saban, his head coach at Alabama, who's really good friends with Bill Belichick. Um, I thought they kind of vetted that, and they had the quarterback that they thought would be of the future. I've never seen a quarterback that has just regressed so much since his rookie year where he led the team actually to the playoffs. And you said, okay, the Patriots are setting themselves up for the future. 
I think what happens, JT, obviously the noise gets louder and louder because we always talk about the Patriot way, and the Patriot way was really when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were together. Uh, since they have not been together, it looks like obviously the Patriots are not the team that we thought that they were, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady had went elsewhere and won a Super Bowl. And so I think that's what makes the noise so loud. Is that, is it Was it really all about Bill Belichick, or was Tom Brady really the Patriot way and saved Coach Belichick from some of those losses? I'll be honest with you. You you mentioned being at that game. Those are the types of games that they were, you know, up and down. But Tom Brady would figure a way to win the game, and we would just say, "Wow, Belichick, Brady, they did it again." But yet, that's just not the case anymore. They're not pulling those types of games out anymore. And to think that they went seventy nine consecutive points scored against before they scored a field goal against the Raiders, I just it's just unreal to think how bad the Patriots are right now. And I'll be frank. You take the Carolina Panthers out, are they not the worst team in the NFL currently? I would have to say yeah. so. Good to see you, talk to you. I hope to do an event with you soon out here in Vegas again. Love the way your career's going as a broadcaster. And you know what I think he is, a player. Talk to you soon, my friend. Hey, man, you didn't ask me about UNLV 5-1 and one right now, man. We'll talk later, <laughs> JP, about what's going on in Vegas, man. Always good to be with you, brother. Thank you, Kirk. Kirk Morrison throwing in UNLV at 5-1 and one on the way out there. Yeah, he's the San Diego State guy. Look at the Rebels. We got to do a better job. We got to get a UNLV guy on the show. I know the UNLV brass listened to us. I know that, and we'd love to get him there. We do Golden Knights. We'll do UNLV. Mix everyone in here, I guess. With a flagship of Lotus Broadcasting of everything, of everything that happens here in Vegas. And you're going to even hear some F1 coming up on the show. I'm actually finishing up Drive to Survive. I'm into it. I love F. I don't love F1, but I love the spectacle that it's going to bring to Vegas. And I hope Mark Davis and Larry Delson and my friends over with the WNBA Aces win a championship. That's a big topic tomorrow. And we have baseball, a little bit of baseball. And Bobby, I'm going to bring you in here for a second because... You and I love baseball. You're a diehard Red Sox fan. I am a over-the-top diehard Yankee fan. Dude, I'm having a tough time watching Texas baseball, the Rangers and the Astros. I guess we both want the Astros to lose, right? I guess. I don't really care either way on it. Yeah, but we, I mean, we, as far as Texas and Houston, I mean, I like to see Texas beat Houston. I'm sick of looking at Houston, but otherwise, whatever. Yeah, for me it goes. Uh, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see Arizona run the table. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd really like to see that. Yeah, and for me, the Yankees didn't get Bruce Bochy when he was available. He was available to be the manager of the Yankees. I'm not saying he would have took it, but Brian Cashman decided to stay with Aaron Boone, who I think is a terrible manager, awful manager. He's just bad with pitchers and catchers. That's not his strength, and Bochy was available. And he went to Texas, and Texas didn't have Jacob DeGrom for most of the year, and Max Scherzer was injured. He's going to pitch game three. And we all know that the, the Astros are lying, cheating scoundrels. They're cheaters. Yes, Matter they of fact, are. PB, PBS Frontline did a documentary on them. I watched it. I didn't expect much. It was outstanding. Very in-depth on how obviously the Astros cheated and went so out of their way to cheat. They stole, they stole an MVP from Aaron Judge, no debate, and they stole a championship from the Dodgers. And, but they came back and won without cheating so i said after a couple of years of beating up the astros you know i'm gonna give them a break they went out and won it fair and square but watching them this time around i, I really never understood how much i despised them and i'd like to see bruce bochi win another world series that'll be his fourth 
which will be special. And on the other side, Bryce Harper is from Las Vegas. I think there's a lot of people here in the Valley that pull for Bryce Harper because he goes to the Golden Knights. He goes to a lot of UNLV basketball games. And overall, he's a big rock star in this town. So a lot of people are pulling for him there. I got, I got a feeling the Phillies are just going to run the table and take it. Yeah, well, I, 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 if they yeah. can get by Arizona, I, I'm pretty sure they can get by Texas. Yeah, and the Phillies don't even care about winning the division. They're one of the only teams that loves being in the wild card. They're the example of a wild card team. You know, they went to the World Series as a wild card, almost won it, and look at them again. Peaking at the right nowhere, time. Yeah, they were nowhere near Atlanta this year, and now they're in a great spot. All right, the only interview we have left is a good one. Paul Gutierrez is going to join us from ESPN coming up here on the other side. Then I can talk to you the rest of the way, and I'd like to take your calls about what you think's going on with the Raiders. Uh, the topic of the day is simply this. If Jimmy G can't go, and we want him to go, but if he can't go, do you want to go with Hoyer or O'Connell? And explain to me why, because this is a game the Raiders have to win. If I would have told you four and three, after seven, you all would have took it. Four and three is an important game. The Raiders can't go three and four and lose in Chicago. Who's the better quarterback to get the Raiders there? JT, brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Always. No question. I mean, that's all we're about now. You know, this isn't about... Um, you know, anything else, whatever would give the team the best opportunity to win. So, um, which may be Jimmy, you know, we'll, we'll, obviously we'll have to see how that goes. JT back with you who will play quarterback. I don't have a gut feeling on it, man. I hope Jimmy G plays. I think it's a really important game for Jimmy G to play if he's able to play, but the Raiders might protect him and shut him down. And I'm not reporting that. But I think that could happen if they don't think that Jimmy G is really to go and he took a really big hit enough to take him to the hospital to get something internally checked out. And they say, no, you're too important to us. We need you. We're going to sit you out a week, then go for it, and let's get the other two guys ready. Paul Gutierrez is going to join us here in a few moments. Uh, Let me tell you a quick story of what's happening in my personal life. So I had a lot of friends in town. Lucky to have some great friends. They came into town a week ago last Friday. We went out to Coachella. We saw the rock show at... Iron Maiden, ACDC, Guns N' Roses. It was incredible. Stayed out there, had a great time. Then we came back, and a couple of guys stayed at my house because I like to have guys stay at my house before they checked into this suite at the Cosmo, the Cosmopolitan. So I got guys in my backyard hanging out, having Modellos, true story, drinking Modellos, having a good time. We went to U2 on Wednesday. We went to Lionel Richie on Friday. So the Raider game Sunday, and Saturday night we had dinner at the Cosmo. And then we went to the barbershop. If you haven't been to the barbershop yet, it's incredible. It's a small speakeasy behind a barbershop in the Cosmo street location. You go in there, people are getting haircuts. You open up a door and you're in this unbelievable venue that plays some of the best music in all of Las Vegas. So before that, I emceed an event for Freddie Bolitnikoff at the top of Ghost Barn. I wore a really nice sports coat, really expensive coat. My friend made for me, had my name in on it. One of, my, one of my best sports coats I own. And I wore it because I wanted to have a jacket on at Freddy's event. So we go to the barbershop, and I take my sports coat off. And I leave it on the couch with my wife and friends and their wives. And we've got a table, bottle service, and I forget it. i gotta get, I got to do the Raider game the next day. I leave at a responsible time, wink, wink. And I get home, and I say to my wife, oh, my God, I left the sports coat at the barbershop. She goes, oh, my God, your favorite one. I go, yeah. 
So we get on a text message with everybody there who was our friends. I say, is my coat there? And they say, yes, we have your coat. I said, oh, my God, thank God. And they brought it back to the suite. So I do the Raider game. I do the post-game show. I go all the way back to the Cosmo to get all the things that we left because we stayed there one night. A big Modelo cooler, a couple of other things. And my friends brought it down as I was in the valet, and they put it in my car, and I never looked, and there was no sports coat. And the sports coat was there. And my friends can't figure out if they dropped the sports coat accidentally as they were bringing it down to valet or they left it in the room and we've been backtracking. So I don't know if you've ever gone to a casino property and gone to the lost and found, but that's happening. We're looking for the coat and it's the coat mystery of my lifetime. So I say a prayer to St. Anthony and I hope that the coat shows up. If not, I'm going to have to buy a new one. And the new sports coat will cost as much as I spent going to U2, which is one of the most expensive concert tickets of my lifetime. So other than doing a bunch of radio and a live YouTube tonight and all of these things I'm doing, the number one priority in my life is finding my sports coat that I left at the barbershop. Now, my friends found the sports coat. So we did the right thing. We got the coat and I did the good thing and I went back to get it. And my friends failed me because they couldn't transport the coat from the penthouse at the Cosmo to Valet. They dropped it somewhere along the way, and I can't find it. So help me find the sports coat. Cosmo, if you're listening, and I know you do, get that sports coat. It's a good luck sports coat. And if the last time I ever wore it was with Fred Bolitnikov, I'll retire it nicely. So that's the story of the sports coat. 702-365-9200. Julio Jones is now an Eagles. That is a shrewd move by the Eagles just making and adding a little piece to try to be better. As I said, that's it's going on right now on the Raiders roundtable. I believe that this trade deadline, this is just my opinion as we bring in Paul Gutierrez. Paul, I'll start off. I think this trade deadline for the Raiders is real. We all know that a player could be moved and maybe a player can come in. And we're talking October 31st. Is this a story you'll be covering, you think, next week? Oh, absolutely. Um, If for no other reason than just to see which players the Raiders may try to move on from, uh, it's obvious they they still need some help uh, at other positions, especially defensively when it comes to the pass rush. So, you know, the guy offensively that you look at that could potentially be moved is the guy that's been rumored since, you know, last last offseason, really. Uh, in Hunter Renfro. So he's coming off of a career low, seven snaps. Did have the game-clinching kind of uh, onside punt uh, after the safety recovery, uh, onside kick kind of thing going on. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that to keep an eye on, especially, uh, you know, if they, they go out there and beat the Bears like they should and, and get themselves a little bit closer here, um, they, they need to make some moves. Paul, what does it say if they move Renfro? And I don't know what they can get for him because other teams need, are going to have to want him. I don't know who wants him at this point. I'm assuming a few teams. But if the Raiders go for a pass rush, the way Max Crosby's playing, it seems like we've seen Bilal Nichols playing better. And then with Tyree Wilson, who's the seventh, round, seventh pick overall, and Malcolm Kuntz, who everybody says is playing kind of better than expected, why would they need to go spend any type of equity on another pass rusher? Just to, to make a, a strength even stronger, and that's mm-hmm. always been something that uh, Dave Ziegler has talked about since he since he got the job uh, a year and a half ago. That uh, he, they have no issue whatsoever in trying to make a strength stronger, and that was kind of the the sense of what they were trying to do when they used that number seven overall pick 
uh, on Tyree Wilson. Uh, he hasn't really shown up in any stats yet, but you see the improvement uh, slowly but surely coming on. And, and I know fans uh, want to know, they want to know when, when is he really going to show up and wreck a game and be like a number seven overall draft pick. But that to me is kind of the mindset is if it's already kind of a strength, why not make it even better? Um, a name to keep an eye on. I know we have an ESPN uh, project coming out here pretty soon about potential trade targets, but across the league, you know, Brian Burns might be a, a potential mm-hmm. target out there. Now he's going to cost a lot of money and he's going to cost a lot of equity to get him, but that would be somebody that you throw him in that mix. That that would really, again, staying with the theme, make a strength even stronger. Paul Gutierrez joins us. Raiders, uh, they're putting it up on the McAfee show, 16.7 points per game. Teams scoring 21 points or less. Giants at 11.8. Patriots at 12. You got the Steelers, the Falcons, and the Raiders. But on a positive note, well, this isn't really positive. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow is tied with the Raiders for the same amount of points, 16.7. As you're up in the press box and you're in the locker room after the game, what have we seen and learned the first six weeks about the limited play that the Raiders have in the red zone. One for six in the last game. This is something yeah. I expect to get much better. I thought it would have been better weeks ago. Yeah, and that was what the reason for bringing Jimmy Garoppolo in was, right, was that he was a lot better in the red zone than the previous uh, quarterback that, that played for the Raiders for nine years before that. So it, it, it's been strange watching the, the offense kind of limp along and, and get enough plays when it matters. You know, the, the deep throw – from Brian Hoyer to Trey Tucker. Just that one play there kind of alters things. It makes it makes the defense respect that throw so they can't load the box up as much anymore against Josh Jacobs. It's 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 strange things in the red zone that just aren't coming together. And whether that's play calling, whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo, um, as as Lincoln Kennedy said it so eloquently on the on the radio during the broadcast, that he got a feeling that Jimmy Garoppolo has a case of the happy feats. And he did say feats because of how many times he's been hit and how many times he's been sacked and we don't know if he's going to play this week anyway, but all of that comes together when the offensive line cannot give the time. And when you're inside the 20-yard line, those are supposed to be better uh, seen as, as quicker hit plays. So it's it's a combination of everything. It's the offensive line. It's the play call. It's the quarterback being comfortable. Um, yeah, I'd like to see a couple more jump balls to Devontae, but, but we'll see. Paul Gutierrez joins us. Uh, another big topic that I have is the turnovers. Eric Allen thinks the safeties are playing really well. And I want to thank you again for coming on the pregame show with us live from the torch. That was one yeah. of the best crowds we had. And he keeps pointing out as he breaks down the film, you know, Jacorian Bennett hasn't played great. Marcus Peters, really tough to figure out what's going on with him. But Merrig and Epps not giving up big plays and lined up correctly. Talk to me about the secondary and what you've seen. Seen a lot of maturation, especially from Merrick, uh, with the interceptions that he's coming down with, and he's out there playing with like a huge kind of Henry Lawrence-looking <laughs> cast on his hand for a secondary player, which is which is interesting to see uh, on his right hand, on that thumb especially. Um, it, it just seems like like you know, Epps looks like the the quintessential pro back there, and and Merrick looks like he's he's growing into what everybody thought he was going to be when he was drafted in the second round. So. As the last line of defense, that, that's a good thing. That's a very good thing for this defense because now they're not necessarily seen as ball hawks but just steady and taking advantage of the opportunities when they come their way. And at this point of the season, um, there's very little more you could ask for. Paul Gutierrez as we wrap it up. Paul, walk me through the Chicago game because I know you're going to probably be talking about it and writing about it. Tyson, I get it, Bajent. I looked at what I saw, the most touchdowns in the history, history of college football, even though it's D2, it's NCAA. 
I don't know if he can run, tuck and run. He looks pretty big. And the Raiders got to control him early. They can't let this kid get on a roll and play well because the Raiders have played Kenny Pickett. They got Zach Wilson coming up. Jordan Love. Yeah. Mac Jones isn't any good anymore. This is a big opportunity for the Raiders to take a, take advantage of a limited quarterback with little to no experience. It's huge. It's huge. And the way the defense has been playing, I would expect them to, especially Max Crosby, just to pin his ears back and just go go hunting. Um, and he does that anyway, no matter what, whether he's up uh, by a few scores or whether he's down by a lot. He plays the same way every single time. So it's a huge opportunity for them to go out there and get a win. And, and all of a sudden, if they get that win, they're, they're riding a three-game winning streak. The big question then is going to be who's going to be the quarterback for the Raiders. You know, if Jimmy's healthy, then he's going to be the guy, obviously. Or do you, you know, if he's not, you go back to, to Aiden O'Connell after he had his start uh, against the Chargers and a lot of uneven play there, but you, there were some things that he did that were right. Or Brian Hoyer, who's just a steadying presence and uh, did not blink in the moment. So it's going to be interesting, again, to see which way the Raiders go here. But at the end of the day, they have to to take advantage of the opportunity that's presented in front of them. And, um, yeah, I mean, you got a no-name quarterback out there. It made me think back to the 1985 uh, Heisman uh, issue in Sports Illustrated when they were advocating, what the heck, why not Joe Dudek for the Heisman? It's kind of a guy from a very small school who, who was balling out at that level. Last one, Paul, we'll let you go when it comes to the quarterback injury of Jimmy G. I, I'm not asking you to predict what's going to happen with him, but how do you think the story's going to be covered? Because if he can go, should he really want to go and play this game? It's where he's from. I'm sure the ticket request, the family, everyone back there is going to want to see him play. Or do you sense the Raiders are going to protect him because it was internal initially when they took all those tests and give Hoyer a shot because he deserves it. He played well. Yeah, I think the, the answer to that is yes. <laughs> to all the above. He should want to play. He should play. He's still the best quarterback on the roster. A lot of ups and downs. He played well in that first half. The interception wasn't necessarily his fault, so to speak. And not really a lot of his eight have been bad throws. They've just been strange throws. Um, if he can play, he will play. The way the story's going to play out this week, I think it's going to be just like it was Chargers week. A lot of cloak and dagger, a lot of, uh, we don't know, uh, we don't haven't figured it out yet. And then Saturday night, it'll it'll leak out and we'll figure it out at that point. So, yeah, my prediction, after the game, I thought, oh, this Hoyer should get the shot if he can, just simply because he's waited his time, he's done it. And get this also. JT, the last time Brian Hoyer won a game as a starting quarterback, October 2nd, 2016, at Soldier Field for the Bears. That's why we have you on, Paul. You have those nuggets. You can go way back (laughs) into the 80s. I'll see you on the trip. Take care, my friend. Take care. All right, Paul Gutierrez. uh, He joined us at the Torch. I'm still having Bobby try to check down and find the interview we did with Shane Leckler at the Torch. Really happy that he came up there. If you got a chance to go there and see Shane, Shane came out, Paul came on after him, and he was there. And Shane Leckler, he's a guy that if you bump into him in the store, you might not know him. I mean, you know, he's a punter in the NFL, but he's the second greatest punter of all time. The top 100 players of all time, he had the maroon coat on. He was there in San Francisco on the 100th anniversary of the league. He was with that group. And we asked him about that, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, everybody was in the room. And then the crowd started realizing we were talking to Shane Leckler, and more and more people showed up. And then when he was done, it took him about 10 minutes to get out of there after signing autographs. I hope we can play that later on in the week. It was so good to talk to Shane Leckler again. And we all want Jim Plunkett to get into the Hall of Fame. In no particular order, everybody, who are the next Raider Hall of Famers? Should be Lester Hayes. We all want Jim Plunkett because he won two Super Bowls, a Super Bowl MVP. 
He was also the rookie of the year and the comeback player of the year. Those are big trophies, big awards. So I've always advocated for Lester Hayes and Jim Plunkett. And the guy who might get in before him is Shane Leckler. Because Shane Leckler was one of the 100 greatest players of all time. And they let a punter in already, and it's our guy, Ray Guy. They can't shut the door on punters and not let any more in. He's the guy that's supposed to go in next. Let's get a punter in there. Just like all of a sudden a whole bunch of kickers are going to be coming flying through. Justin Tucker, Adam Vettiteri. You know, we love Sebastian Janikowski, but you get one or two limited position players in, that should open the door for more. So I hope Shane Leckler, I was laughing, I was saying, hey, man, I want to audition to MC your Hall of Fame party. I had a chance to do a few of those. And Shane Leckler, who's been out of football for six years, I think should be the next player inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a Raider. And it, again, we know it's Plunkett. We've been saying Plunkett for 25 years. Coach Flores is in. And Lester Hayes is part of one of the greatest Raider teams of all time. And Lester should be there too. And I'm sure there's some other ones out there, but those are the obvious three. Lester, Plunk, and Shane Leckler. And that would keep us all busy for a couple of years. Going back, if one of them got in or two got in together, I think that would be a lot of fun. You know how much I love the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And talking about all of that, La Casa Cigars, Thursday night football, head on over. Head on over. Mike and the crew has it all set up. Great bourbon, whiskey, and the finest cigars in town at Tivoli Village. Golden Knights title defense against the Kraken, the Sharks, and the Ducks, all division opponents. They win them all. 4-1, the final score. The Knights start the season 3-0. Love that. Dan Duver on the call. There it is. Our guy. We had Gary Lawless on today. Knights are off to a great start. Fantastic start. Good to see that. Hey, join me tonight, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern, for my latest YouTube live show, uh, you can just subscribe at JT the Brick YT for YouTube. Uh, please subscribe and download. I'll be doing those on Tuesday and Thursday in addition to everything else I'm doing out there. I would love you to jump on there and check out what I do. I do it from home. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun, and we're growing. We got a great big sponsor in Modelo, not only from this show that backing me there, so it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, let's wrap it up here as we had a good show today. A lot of great calls and a lot of good interviews. Hardcore Raider, good to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, uh, AJT, uh, real quick on the quarterback deal. I mean, I'd like to see Aiden O'Connell at least get more reps in practice and have the coach kind of test him to see how knowledgeable he is on this offense. But, you know, how do you know, how do you know he's not, how do you know he's not getting reps in practice? How, how do you know what the, the rep count is? I, I don't. I'm just saying okay. I'd love to see him get, if he's not getting a lot of reps, I'd like to see him get more reps and, mm -hmm. you know, see, like, make a competition, see if him or Hoyer does better. But because um, Hoyer did overthrow uh, a couple guys. But anyways, the main thing, I, you know, I want to focus on is just the fact that, you know, I don't want the Raiders to get uh, what I'm going to call Nick Mullen, you know, uh, Nick Mullins years ago. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I know he was a high draft pick, but there's been so many quarterbacks over the years that the Raiders have completely overlooked. And then they play the Raiders. And all of a sudden we make that guy look like stinking Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, we don't know much about this guy. Uh, the Bears did have a better free agency than most people think. Mm -hmm. They also had a better draft than most people think. But I do not want to overlook the Bears, let alone 
some guy. I don't care if he's undrafted or not. You know, yeah, the Raiders should beat him, but I can't tell you how many years over the last 20 years we played quarterback no-names, and they end up looking like a super stud, and we get smoked. So that's what I want to see from the Raiders. I agree with you. I don't think the Raiders are overlooking anybody. They're not good enough on offense to overlook anybody. They're not. So when you hear that term in sports, it's very rare when anybody overlooks anybody. Very rare. These are professional athletes, professional coaches. They don't go on vacation and sit back and drink wine and don't look at film because they're playing an inferior team. They work just as hard every week. So there's no overlooking anyone. But the Raiders just can't let these teams hang around late because they're going to win some and they're going to lose some. They let Denver hang around late. They barely beat Denver. They let Green Bay hang around. They beat them, and they let New England have the ball with an opportunity to win the game. They would have won the game with a field goal. They would have caught that pass at midfield and ran it a few more times, and they were able, fortunately, for the sack in the end zone to win that game. I know we're going to be in a tight game in Chicago. I guarantee it. If I'm wrong, I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled to be wrong tomorrow if the Raiders, uh, Saturday, Sunday, excuse me, if the Raiders are up by 10. In the fourth quarter, they just don't play that way. And how am I expected to play that way with a backup quarterback if that's the case? I just hope they win. they got to get through this stretch and win. And then if Jimmy is completely healthy, I think they'll win a game against a team, one team that no one thinks they can beat. Could be Detroit, could be Miami. Kansas City's a hard stretch. The Chargers at home on Thursday night. The Minnesota Vikings, the Jets, the Giants. How about beating Indianapolis now? Gardner Minshew won the last game ever played in Oakland. Well, we got to play him. Should be able to beat him. There's a lot of winnable games left, fortunately, for the Silver and Black. I have the feeling they almost have to win them all. So let's take it one game at a time. Q was on Raiders Roundtable today with me. He's got a big show lined up. Listen to his show and check out Raiders Roundtable. And I'll be on YouTube live tonight. YouTube, JT the Brick, YT. That's at 6 p.m. Please come on in and subscribe and check it out. Thanks, guys.